Hello, everyone, and welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Fabulous. Quack, 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 quack. Fucking in high definition video for your viewing pleasure. Totally. The sickest 1080p money you can buy. I mean me. <laughs> John is shadowed and uh, obscured by the light of the window behind him. Obscured by clouds. Mm -hmm. that's but a, yeah. That's a Pink Floyd album. Is it? Yeah, it's actually a really fucking good one, as most of them are. I say most of them. Yeah. Dark Side's not for me. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd guy. I was I was mad that every David Gilmore solo didn't sound like comfortable numb, comfortably numb. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wanted soulful like blues fusion. Oh, then that's when you listen to like the Adam Hartmother album. Okay. That's when you get like Fat Old Son and shit like that. But anyways, uh, this week uh, we are changing it up a little bit. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a concept episode this week and give you guys a little bit of thoughts on what we think about some things in horror in general. And the concept we're doing this week is the final girl. Yeah. So we obviously make this list as two people with penises. So take that with what you will. <laughs> Please understand that we are affected by forces beyond our control. And there's almost will... something pointing in a direction yeah. for each one of them. I would say so. I would say so. John, tell me, how would you define a final girl? And let me take that a step further and say, does that is that contained strictly in horror? I'd say not at all. Um, I think the concept of a final girl kind of goes through pretty much everything but rom-com, you know, because rom-coms are like, oh, well, of course there's a final girl because she's going to run on this dude to the beach and like yeah. a horse is going to show up for some reason. And like, what about like a bachelor scenario where he does indeed choose a final girl? <laughs> Yay or nay. Say that one more time so I make sure that I heard that clearly. <laughs> what about in a bachelor situation where he doesn't cho indeed choose a final girl? Like he chooses like a dude? Mm -hmm. A bachelor. Like uh, the TV no, no, no. series where uh, he has no, to no. like there's there are 20 beautiful fuckable women. Oh, that's oh, not yeah. a rom-com though because that's not funny. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like the shittiest scripts that have ever been yeah. fucking written. Y'all go watch Flavor of Love and tell me that's not a rom-com. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think the concept being essentially that women. this is just this is this is a blood on that. One. I love it. You know, you're looking like a pumpkin. Now, this is this is a hot take floorboards. Um, <laughs> so we essentially have to have a female protagonist that endures all of the turmoil is you know, presented to her in the movie and remains alive by the end of it. Right. Is that essentially what we're dealing with here? So, and I'm not trying to get like philosophical on it for a minute, but I do really feel strongly about the concept of a final girl. Cause you have like, when I think about a final girl, especially in horror and, you know, fringe horror and everything that comes along with that, mm -hmm. I feel like the final girl is more of like this spirit that kind of goes between each movie. And there's like this life that's breathed, breathed into this new character every time. Cause I mean, like we'll, we'll get into some of them. I don't want to talk about specifics quite yet, but all girls are final girls when you make it to the end of the movie, Yeah, whether it be reluctantly or accidentally in like, you know, the original uh, Friday the 13th where like, 
we actually had like the worst concept of a final girl ever because she just kind of stumbled upon being alive the whole mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah, and I think the concept, if y'all can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think the concept originated from slasher movies. Totally. And totally. That, that would have to be, she she is in the crosshairs of the killers for the entire flick or mm-hmm. series of movies, and she just keeps staying alive right staying alive staying alive ha 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 100 <laughs> percent. Um, but we came up with some lists honestly of who we saw as our uh top five final girls <laughs> and i will say there's a couple people that i did leave out because i think there are the the direction that we've been moving forward in horror is we need to kind of shine a little bit of spotlight on some new characters mm-hmm. like i'll go ahead and say now that laurie strode is queen we all know that mm-hmm. there's there's no debate it, it, about like the levity that she brings to the concept of the final girl may or may not have invented the concept from the you know yeah. first point you know what i mean she may be the og right you yeah. Know, yeah yeah, yeah. check my dates on that but right but yeah i think that and you know you look at like hellraiser and uh i mean my favorite's always going to be heather langenkamp because mm-hmm. that was always that was my first final girl yeah. you know and I think that these are like you're we're trying to compare like where our lists are pretty much deities that we put under <laughs> gods, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> these are the ones that are achieving status as opposed to the ones that created this legacy. So I mean, we can kind of start off by giving that honorary mention sure. to all the final girls that came before. Mm-hmm who like crawled with a knife in their legs so that Sienna could fly, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing too. I, when I was, when I was coming up with my list, I also thought about it. Could number five beat number four? You know what I mean? And it's like, Like, no. In fisticuffs. Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Who I, who uh, incidentally will tell you at the end, but like who we both have at number number one, I genuinely, number one, one. sorry, I've had a couple, uh, (laughs) We, we just don't have anything to do today. So we're just making a, yeah. Um, I genuinely believe that our number one could kill everybody. You know? <laughs> In one fell swoop. Right. So cool. Let's mark that. Uh, do you want to kick it off at number five? At number five. So I have Katie and Sloan. So Katie is played by Tira Sco- I, I can never pronounce these Slavic fucking, fucking names. fucking sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> It's the only real reason you hated dead rubber stuff. bands on the other claw. Now <laughs> uh, from even lambs have teeth. We have uh, Katie and Sloan uh, Katie played by Tira Skogiev. Mm-hmm. And then we have Kristen Zien as uh, Sloan. And th- I, I know it's like you pick two final girls where there's two fucking final girls in the movie. And I I fucking love uh, Even Lambs Have Teeth. I think it's a film where they take a very hard concept to deal with and they're super respectful to not only the actors and the actresses, but the audience as well. And these girls take fucking vengeance upon them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, obviously we can't get into each one of these movies. And actually, if you w- want to know more about Even Lambs Have Teeth, you should check out that episode that we have on our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcast or listen to but just like the point where they have like the scene where they're like driving away in the truck and they've kind of like escaped and they like get out of the truck and they've been dragging the minister behind their truck the entire time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just beat to fuck and they set him on fire like this is a fucking final girl scenario yeah and then they just like ride off into the sunset and go to new york and go on their shopping trip and everything's that they wanted fine. to yeah and they made 
so much money being there because mm-hmm. all these people were like sex traffickers and mm-hmm. sex traffickers have money. And then actually they make a comment in the movie where it's like, why does everybody have money in this town? Did they just like fucking miss the, the market crash? <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, what about you? What was your number five? I've got Mia played by Jane Levy from evil dead 2013. Mia. Mia. I'm, pa- I'm fond of the name Mia for uh, reasons that people on our Instagram page are probably aware of at this point. But what I like about her is she is, a uh, an unconventional final girl because you're talking about it earlier the concept of stumbling into your final hood <laughs> right i like it when we have a little bit more drama aside from and this is this is certainly like more modern movies versus like classic slasher horror but we have some depth to the character that extends beyond she's just a misunderstood teenager and upper upper middle class it's coming out <laughs> she upper, can't stop doing coke <laughs> <laughs> upper middle class america where her parents make six figures a year you know what i mean it's like i want a little bit more so Mia's dealing with drug addiction at the beginning mm-hmm. of this movie. She also spends the rest of the movie fucking possessed by a deadite. <laughs> Still comes out on the other end. And so that's the kind of like tenacity that I'm here for, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just think it's cool. I think it's a cool concept to have like, not like a flawed heroine, no pun intended, but like a, um, I guess somebody that has to overcome more than just their circumstances exterior from them. Like totally. it's uh, like a lot of the battle is within too, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's, it's cooler to me. I don't know. And I like Mia as an example too, because she is a character who, yes, David brought her back to life and killed the spirit that was inside of her. Mm-hmm. But she killed that abomination. Mm-hmm. She was the one who ripped her own fucking hand off. She was the one who was ready to do what it fucking took because she was tired yeah. of being a drug addict. Yeah. When you get a respawn in a video game and you go back into the boss room, you're usually a little angrier than you were the first time. Also, you know? She was in hell. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She was in hell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dead by dawn, motherfucker. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my number five. Coming in at number four for me, we have Mary Beth Dunstan played by. Yeah. From from Hatchet 2, 3, and a cameo in Victor Crowley. Uh, So, for those of you who haven't seen the Hatchet series, it's a lot of fun. It's very classic slasher. Actually, uh, Candyman is in it as well, which is really cool. She is, like, one of my favorite ideas of what a final girl does because oh by the way played by daniel harris so Mm -hmm. like this is a girl who has had horror chops her entire fucking life and then walks into hatchet with you know written and directed and acted by uh kane hodder who was jason longer than anybody else yeah (laughs) right this is a man who would like go to cons and just choke people because they asked him to apparently he had to stop because he actually like crushed someone's fucking larynx at one point (laughs) (laughs) my trachea (laughs) you asked for it yeah you with your soft ass neck That's one of those examples, too, where I just feel like that's kind of a handshake agreement, and that is binding by law, as far as I'm concerned. Right. That's consent at the end of the day, right? (laughs) What you're getting yourself into. Why do you think this guy pulls his punches? So uh, Mary Beth in this series, uh, both of her or both her brother and father die in Hatchet One, and they're actually like a cameo appearance too. Like they just kind of like were like the first victims you see on screen. I guess that was a great segue to bring Daniel Harris on board. Uh, Mary Beth's character is like on this journey. She's on a mission. She's not afraid of what's in the swamp. She knows what's out there and she's going to find her family. And that's the kind of like drive Mm -hmm. that you really see 
And it's just like, it was so refreshing the first time I watched this because it was just like, you know, Trouble always finds most of our final girls, but she went out looking for fucking Trouble and she shoots a fucking bazooka at some point, <laughs> blows a bunch of shit up. They throw her into a fucking tree and like rips her spleen and all this shit. And she still fucking survives mm -hmm. because she's an OG. She fought Michael fucking Myers, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you guys haven't checked out Hatchet, I definitely would. I think most of them are available on Tubi right now. But Eric, what about you? What's your what's your number four? Lori Strode, mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween. Yeah. The Eternal Smoke Show. The I Eternal mean, Smoke Show. She she had to be on the list. She had to be on it. I get it. And I, I'll predicate this by saying I know that I just mentioned that I liked people with a little bit of depth ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that what I'm saying now is kind of the opposite <laughs> of what I just said. Um, I'm talking about Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode overarching the entire thing, right? Sure. Even in the movies where she was just laying in Which a timeline. Right. <laughs> Even in the movies where she was just laying in a hospital bed for most of it. You know what I mean? Like she's she's wasted here. She thrives in other places. But mm -hmm. this has ultimately always been kind of like your oil and water sort of interaction mm -hmm. between her and our boy, right? Right. You know? And so that's um, and again, like I said at the beginning of this, I feel like I feel like Lori Strode is probably the godmother of Final Girls. I mean, the, totally. she's probably the blueprint, I would mm -hmm. say, if not one of the, if not like an OG. She's certainly like where people are drawing inspiration when they're writing female leads in horror movies, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think all that can be attributed to, A, the writing of the script itself, but like 90% of it being JLC's performance herself yeah. and like real fear and real um sort of uh what obstinance i guess mm -hmm. to like her circumstances she, she's just like not nah, at a point she's just like fuck this like you know what i mean and yeah. I, especially as the movies go on and there's more development for her you know so and i think she kind of set a precedence too uh on the final girl thought just because it's like one of those things where if you look at movies like dawn of the dead and like these really early horror films or like even suspiria mm -hmm. you know like you have what would technically be a final girl and Suspiria, I think is actually probably a bad example because she is more like a wholehearted final girl. Mm -hmm. But when you look at movies like Dawn of the dead and shit like that, as far as like, you know, earlier movies, I think that those characters always existed, but they never had the same heart. Cause like, again, like we just watched Dawn of the dead the other day and there's a final girl, but she really didn't do mm -hmm anything but get on the helicopter mm -hmm. at the end you right. know 100 <laughs> versus like a sarah connor who has to right. you know really like come into her own and and elevate and be the person that you know and that's why i asked at the beginning of this how do you define a final girl because can a final girl just be a female character that survives until the end of the movie you know right is it that simple, right? Or is there an element of like abrasion, a little bit of sandpaper she has to have against the mm -hmm. forces that are against her, you know? And I totally think that you just should feel the full spirit of the final girl right. inside of her. <laughs> like it should be one of those things where like, if they're not in focus, yeah. you're still watching them, if that makes sense. And and that's part of the reason, like, yes, we have a final girl. And, yeah. Like, yes, we have a final girl in Friday the 13th, or uh, the original. But you never felt that the whole time. Correct. It was also her just like walking through the camp being like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's a dead that's body. A <laughs> that's the reference. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, we'll at least tell you it's episode two. I was going to say the uh, the 
benefit of this list is I feel like we've reviewed most of these movies already. <laughs> and so I, I feel like you guys can go back and check out these episodes if you want to go more into depth. Number three. Number three. So I have Aaron from Your Next, mm. which uh, our good pal Elsie uh, Holt was Sheet Mask in. And it's a typical story about uh, home invasion. But this is a movie that I think was really groundbreaking for Final Girls, especially like uh, I think it was about six or seven months after the movie came out. They actually had a poster of her holding the axe Mm -hmm. instead of Elsie and uh, the other people that were in the movie. And it was an it was a testimony to what she was doing in this movie. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, I Highly, highly recommend your next because this is about a final girl who takes fate into her own hands <laughs> in a home invasion. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one of those movies like I spit on your grave or something like that. It's like they invade the home and she just goes fucking Benny badass in 20 minutes and right. just starts fucking defending the home front. She said, nah, <laughs> nah, you're next. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. What about you, Eric? What was your number three? All right. Sydney Prescott time. Ooh, ooh. Nev Campbell, the Scream yeah. series. Yeah, she's actually a really good example of literally what I was just talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and again because I I love that uh, the, the the there's a modern classic nature about Scream that I can't deny. As much as I wouldn't call myself like a quote fan of the Scream movies, there is like. Sure it's one of those things like this is we've talked about it during the scream episode where and if you're growing up in the 90s right i was born in 91 you were born in 92 or three i can't remember two and so this is probably the first horror movie that most of us kids are seeing right just in terms of its modernity and that kind of thing and i remember Sidney prescott hitting me kind of like kimberly from the power rangers (laughs) so again we were talking about uh thinking with our compasses earlier (laughs) and all sides point to nev campbell (laughs) did you say north i thought you said nev um but yeah it's that prototypical this sucks that sucks i kind of hate this fuck you courtney cox and that is you know what i mean and like there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of grit to her I that I love shit right? out of in, like every movie. I saw a <laughs> compilation recently on YouTube and I'll send it to you. I don't know if you've seen it too, but it's every time Courtney Cox gets punched in the screen. <laughs> My favorite is when Jenna Ortega comes in. She's like, ha, dodge that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Great running gag. That's yeah. how you do a running gag in a movie. Um, totally. But yeah, Prescott is kind of your, um, your survivor character. And, and she kind of has that vibe of like, uh, like a Lori Strode, you know, mm-hmm. where she, you know, she's going to make it. And that's yeah. not to take away from like her plight or anything like that, but you know, she's going to, it's the knife to her throat a lot. You know, she's going to make it, you know, and, th- and that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's what I love about her. You need some consistency. I mean, this is like, you know, for what we're talking about here, this is kind of like, this is Luke Skywalker, you right. know, you know, he's going to overcome this shit. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you have to have that as well. I think when you're dissecting a final girl, totally number two, Number two on John's list, Sydney Prescott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this is like one of the baddest bitches that's ever like, because here's my thing is like, 
I I'll, I'll be the first person to say that I'm also not a big fan of the Scream franchise. I don't think it's bad. I don't hate on what they've done. They've done a lot for horror, and it's Wes Craven. For anybody who has even like attempted to listen to this podcast, knows I love Wes Craven. Right. And what I love about Sidney Prescott is you almost see the the character change or not almost you see her character change in the first movie where she dons the ghost face Mm -hmm. mask and throws it back in their face and every movie after that she's not someone who fucking lays down and takes it like a bitch she is the one who makes you her bitch Mm -hmm. she throws the strap on on throws you on the floor and shows you who Ghostface Daddy <laughs> <Right>. is. Like, <laughs> and a really good example of that too is uh, a lot of people hate Scream 4. I loved it. Um, actually, that's one of my preferred ones in the series, if I'm being totally honest. Um, Attack of the Clones is my favorite Star Wars movie. Well, fucking first of all, you had uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother right. in it, which was uh-huh. great. Um, but then you had Emma Roberts. And I love Emma Roberts. Uh-huh. I think she's a phenomenal actress and I think she plays crazy really well. Yeah. So watching her be like the duality of like, do you know what it's like to grow up in your shadow? The shadow of Sydney fucking Prescott. <laughs> it almost felt like the scene in fucking um, who killed Roger rabbit where Christopher Lloyd's about to put the shoe in the dip. <laughs> Or not, not uh, actually, not even that. The one where uh, I was going to say, I don't they're, know about, what, yeah. they're about to kill Eddie at the end, okay. and he's like, "And I killed your brother, Eddie, and I did it just." and that was the charm of scream is how self you know referential it is, right? Yeah, because there's the scene again in four where like she's trying to usher uh, Emma Rob- or Cindy Prescott is ushering Emma Roberts up the stairs. And Ghostface is chasing them, and she just turns around and just fucking pulls some judo shit and just kicks the shit out of them down the fucking stairs. Ah, <laughs> ah. She she kicks a door and the door hits. <laughs> that that is actually every iteration of Ghostface. That is his weakness is getting hit with a fucking door. <laughs> There's a door somewhere, and you should use it. <laughs> Rose McGowan almost won that fight. Right. She lost because she was dumb, uh-huh. not because she was. Fucking... I... That one just broke my heart for a couple of reasons. But, <laughs> but what Sydney about you? What, what, yeah, Sydney Prescott yeah. coming in at number two for John. What about you, bud? This is what I consider French horror. I don't consider this movie straight horror. Um, I'm going to go Alien. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go Sigourney Weaver. I'm going to go Ellen Ripley on this one. <laughs> because every now and then with the final girl, you need somebody that's just the smartest person in the room. Totally. You know, you know what I mean? Totally. And from the intelligence factor and what I love so much about the Avatar movies is how they like they don't shy away from like Sigourney <laughs> Weaver's track record with these movies, you know, with like, you know, and and I think the intelligence factor again is like all I really want to harp on without like reiterating points that I've already made because she does have that survivability. She does that mm-hmm. have she does have that ability to like overcome pure terror. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple sequences in Aliens where I remember I was fucking sucking up a upholstery the first time I was, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> And and she's overcoming it, and it's like refreshing, right? It's kind of one of those things where you you want to see somebody be not not escape the the bad guy because they you know I I, I let him and I dodged out of the way and he fell into a pit of fire and burned it. And she's just like straight up smarter than all of the people in the ship that are with her, but as well as the alien, you know, she's gonna find a way. Well, and there's like that level of bravery too, because like I think I can't remember if it's Aliens or if it was the third movie where she had the mech suit. And that was really cool. 
Um, but in the first movie where she fucking jettisons the fucking a- the right. the xenomorph out of the fucking airlock, that takes balls. Mm-hmm. Because this is somebody else's problem now. <laughs> this is space's problem. Because right. <laughs> my thing is like, I am already afraid of lack of oxygen <laughs> as someone who consistently deals with it. I'm going to hit this vape. <laughs> but I, I fucking, I love Ripley. I fucking love Ripley. Uh, I think like we just watched Terminator with Brandon Crumb the other day, which is a horror movie. Um, changed my mind believe it or not yeah um but there was a point where i was like oh my god this is like the same like sarah connor really is like another ripley and like sitting here thinking about it i was like i really think they wanted sarah connor to be ripley and and you're just like they were they were close but i don't know that you replicate the way that they wrote this character out and it was like I don't know, like part of me imagines fucking Ripley grabbing a xenomorph by the tail and slamming it against the wall and just fucking killing it. You know? <laughs> like, sure. And I don't see Sarah Connor doing that. <laughs> You're xenomorph fucker. <laughs> <laughs> You've been xenoed. <laughs> you know, actually, uh, before we move on, just something I, I just thought about um, is that's actually a really cool name for an alien. Mm-hmm. And just because like you think of the concept context of like being a uh, xenophobe. Ooh. So you're a, f- it's, it's on. Hang on. Let me wrap my brain around that. I like where that's going. But yeah, there, there's like this concept of like, you know, you think of like xenophobia and xenocide and stuff like that. And it's just something that for those of you who don't know what that means, uh, xenophobia is an innate fear of strangers and xenophobia uh, side is where you just kill strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what these aliens are. They are just these creatures that don't fucking care who you are or who you aren't. They are just murder fucking machines, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. And I, I, I like the concept of like indiscriminate pain, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that that's... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example from like a slasher standpoint, but I think most of them are kind of like that. I think the xenoph, you know, the Z- I almost said xenophobe. I think the xenomorphs are ultimately an alien species that are self preservation, whatever the word is, preservational. Yeah, you I know? think that's right. You know, that's, and it's like a yeah, suffix, self preservational. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and think about that a lot. I think today, <laughs> but. I, just go in and turn the light off right and just sit in your room <laughs> and just just brooding on that for a second um yeah that's how the bad thoughts get in anyway we uh we, we ultimately have this this race that's like no fuck you you're in my galaxy you know you're in my territory of space here you're dead right you know it's a little privilege for my taste that's but cool. I, don't, I don't think you're wrong that's cool yeah xanos or xanos xanos <laughs> thanos did nothing wrong <laughs> So the Latin suffix nos. <laughs> uh, which actually Thanos is a really good example of Xenosis. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of that Joker thing, right? Hi. <laughs> oh man, you're a thing. <laughs> Are we ready for number one? Yeah, and guys. Do we want to say this you, at the same time? Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, no, you just gave us your number two. You get you gave us Ripley. Yep. The final girl that has been given us, given to us from the one and only Damien Leone, the one, the only Sienna Sienna fucking Shaw. Shaw. And oh my God. 
Where do we start? I have a pretty good idea. Like, just as a general thing, yeah. every single thing that we've talked about in this conversation so far has coalesced into one <laughs> penultimate. Penultimate would be second place. Oh, yeah. Ultimate. There you go. <laughs> into the ultimate final girl, which embodies everything that we just talked yeah. about. Is Let me bite Sienna my lip. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to describe it they can actually see you that's what i'm saying well, i guess some some people will listen on uh, spotify so they do need to know that you're biting your lip right i am now. biting my lip right now. i was i'm not <laughs> i want to talk about i want to talk about the concept of absolute sacrifice mm. okay i want to talk about that sequence where she's thrown herself on top of her brother's body while being flayed you know with like sacrifice. the most crude whip ever <laughs> complete sacrifice fuck what happens to me nothing else happens to him Mm -hmm. that's a final girl Mm -hmm. that's a final girl that's not only a final girl that's a hero that is a goddess among insects Uh (laughs) (laughs) and you should be so lucky to be squashed under her foot Mm -hmm. no (laughs) i'm not gonna go there (laughs) whatever one of us can actually ask people to step on us eric right yeah Right, but no, she, this is that you're right, and I wasn't laughing at the concept of her being a hero. It was just, oh, you know, sure. first of all, I'm just a little drunk, but yeah. like more so, it's it, that's the way that it really is described. It's it's really yeah. it's really funny to me that th- this is what I think horror did, and this is like a re- I think this is a really good point to talk about this too. When you think of a final girl, of course they're the hero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it took like horror had to take that concept of how to make a woman a hero away from all these other movies Mm -hmm. because they don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you have like the sex symbols, you have the people that are worth fighting over the damsel in distress. They have the damsel in distress. You don't have a hero, Mm -hmm. you know, and Disney finally caught on to that. Right. (laughs) You know, like when Mulan started coming out, they were like, maybe she doesn't have to be weak, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe she could have all the strength of a raging fire. Without, you without know? Mary suing her either. You know what I mean? Yeah. She did have to train, mm-hmm. you know, same way. Sienna did have to go through some shit first. She did have to realize the power that was within her, mm-hmm. not by like poor writing, mm-hmm. but by like, I have to tap into a different side of myself and to get through this wall. Right. Totally. And and that's just, again, like it's an example of the fact that horror does women better than any other format. 100%. Like they, they just do like, you don't have like, of course you have the like, don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Snap right. kind of yeah. shit. But like, <laughs> but to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. Right. <laughs> and there were a couple times, I mean, spoilers real quick, but like there were a couple times when you're watching Terrifier 2, especially towards the end, where you're like, I think Sienna's going to die. I think yeah. actually, you, you didn't have that, you know, Sydney Prescott vibe. Of, She'll make it, though. We didn't know. We hadn't had this like icon established yet. You know what right. I mean? And, and so right. I think that that's kind of a different place of like, and why she's so high on this list because the connectivity to that character was something that we were just getting used to totally you know and we didn't know what damien leon's intentions were because we'd seen the first movie and he you know what i mean loves killing people which i respect the 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 final girl in the first terrifier movie is not the same final girl that started that movie 
in more ways than five. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we didn't know where this was going, right? Totally, totally. But you still see her, you know, fucking gladius in hand, wings spread, fucking mm-hmm. armor, fucking war paint on her face, hair braided, you know, mm-hmm. full Valkyrie. And going into that, I'm going to fucking, like, protect my kingdom kind of shit, mm-hmm. you know? It's the house invasion shit. Yeah, You know totally. what I mean? It's, it's, it, like you said, it's everything is combined into this one amazing, amazing character. And there's a lot of that, you know, kind of teeny bopper side of her. Oh, I'm going to go get some stuff for my Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. I'll be home for dinner, Mom. You know, what are we having? Mashed potatoes? <laughs> Great. <I> was... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I could go on about Sydney Shaw forever, or Sydney Shaw, Sierra, uh, Sierra. They're all. I'm telling you, it is one final girl spirit that flies through all of them when they need it the most. (laughs) Sienna Lee Curtis. Um, But yeah, uh, it's it's just the thing about Terrifier Two is it was one of those movies that you have the horror visceral or you know reactions to them. I said visceral erection, and that's kind of you know not wrong not untrue <laughs> but, it was, but it, it's 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 all the classic slasher tropes it's all the classic horror tropes and that kind of thing and then you you sort of move into like a place of like deep like real emotional reactions to the things that are happening on screen mm-hmm. now i care about these characters mm-hmm. even the ones i don't like now i'm invested in the slasher now i think he's fucking dope and i don't want anything bad to happen to him either you know <laughs> I don't think he's afraid of anything that could happen. Right. (laughs) And so for all these things to kind of, you know, culminate towards the final, you know, moments of the movie and everything, I really feel like that was what we needed to see was again, it's not, it's not princess Leia in the sense that like, okay, sometimes she grabs a gun and fires back. Sometimes she has like, you know, she, she's a general now and she knows military battle tactics and i'm not like dissing star wars or princess leia or anything like that i'm yeah, saying some, talk shit about carrie fisher on some, this show. well and that exactly but it's also sometimes you gotta grab a fucking sword and kill the motherfucker you know what i mean <laughs> it's fibro like blade. right it's we're not just gonna put this in the hands of the rest of the men and i'm gonna call it out what they're supposed to do you right. know what i mean no you gotta be the badass bitch that you are and you gotta go and you gotta take it from them totally. right and that's what we get with sienna yeah, and and honestly, I think that with Sienna especially, there. Let let me actually let me ask you a question. Yep. Do you think that so? Damien Leone has already said that Sienna will be in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a taunting on whether or not she's going to survive the last movie, whenever that is, or however long they decide to prolong this. Um, but if you look at because he's already finished writing two. Two or sorry, of course. He, yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> we've is, reviewed it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he has finished uh, writing three uh, already, which is super dope. We all know that Santa is going to be in it, and we're already talking about Terrifier four. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that Sienna would have been a character throughout this entire thing if it was acted by anyone other than Lauren Lavera? And the reason that I ask that is I think Damien Leone had to see that character brought to life before he decided it was someone that was going to keep living. I think it's possible. I, I, I get your point, and I don't want to discount that at all. Um, but what I got from the first Terrifier movie was purely to set up the villain, mm-hmm. okay? 
um, it would have been a bit like if we had gotten Rogue One before we got A New Hope. Right. Not to make another Star Wars comparison, but just to establish. It's amazing how often that happens. I know. (laughs) Just establish who the big bad is, right? I think Sienna was always going to be Sienna regardless of who played her. And not to take anything away from Lavera, but I I feel like it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a plus. She crushed that, you know, (laughs) this wasn't, this wasn't treated like, not that anybody would deliberately like throw away a role of a lifetime like that. You know what I mean? But I I feel like sometimes actors and actresses step into roles and don't deliver the way that Lauren Mm -hmm. Levera did this role. Totally. You know? And yeah, I think she'll, I think she'll continue to be in the series. And I think that again, it's just one of those, that's a plus kind of things for me. Um, because I kind of know what that feels like to write a hero after a prologue. If right. That makes sense, you right. Know? To- no, I yeah. totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think we could literally sit here and just talk about Lauren Levera all day. Let me ask you this about, uh, th- this is more terrifier three, four right. yeah. speculation because I've had this thought. Do you think that her, we've already like established that we believe that there's some kind of like familial relationship between her and art. Right. Do you think, or potentially, right, some kind of bloodlines after bloodlines after bloodlines kind of thing? Keep keep asking your question because I, I think I know we're on the separate end of some spectrums for okay. for theories. My, my question is: Do you think their relationship is Batman and Joker in the sense that there is no me without you, in terms of like the survivability of these characters moving forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so here's my thing is I get the familial thing that you're talking mm-hmm. about. And I think the key to that answer is going to lie with what we actually find out about Sienna's dad, because I don't. So here's the thing in, in terrifier two. And I've got so many fucking, I'm going to try and condense this. Yeah. I've got so many fucking theories about all of this, but obviously there is a psychic connection not only between her and Sienna, but I think between uh, when we were in the clown cafe mm-hmm. between art and what I assume are actual victims, mm-hmm. uh, whether those be souls or fucking whatever. Kind of a limbo. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I th- I think the link is probably going to be between uh, Sienna's dad and art, but I'm very curious about the pale girl and the reason i Mm -hmm. say that is it wouldn't surprise me if damien wrote a storyline where before before sienna's mom and he got together if he didn't have a kid already and if that little pale girl exactly if the little pale girl isn't like their half sister because it's either that that. or it's one of those trading entities thing like mongoose and cobra right yeah where one takes the other one down the offspring kills the other one the offspring of that one kills the other right it's this never-ending right tug of war between two entities throughout time right and the and the only thing that's like uh preventing me from diving headfirst into like that theory yeah is really the type of control that this girl has over art i don't think that she is like obviously pulling the strings because you know art just kind of does art things <laughs> art just makes art bro yeah <laughs> come to a bathroom near you yeah <laughs> right <laughs> uh, where the glasses they're not out anymore but yeah they're not they're not here yet okay they're not fucking here yet and i'm still i'm still waiting on my hat and my glasses i, I would have fucking worn it to this 
but <laughs> so, but alas this is the horror met gala we should actually have one we should we should That's have great idea. yeah the under the floorboards met gala let's invite everybody we know to your house <laughs> or just do a zoom where they just walk down a red carpet covered in blood right do my little turn on the catwalk <laughs> Um, but, but no, I, I think, uh, I think honestly, like we talked about this during the Terrifier 2 episode yeah. and I feel like we just need to have another Terrifier 2 episode. We probably do. And honestly, we're here to talk about fire, fire girls, which is true, but fine. Oh, girls. they'd be spitting hot fire. I, I don't want this episode and this is partially my fault, but I don't want this episode to just turn into Terrifier 3 fan theories or anything <laughs> like that, you know, um, but it's, that's it's, for Patreon. That's content. for Patreon content. $3 a month. Don't you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it is three dollars a month though. Just so y'all, yeah, know. <laughs> it, right. Um, six hundred and sixty-six dollars a month. Don't you know? We have that tier available as well. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we would be remiss. rich. Fucking pay us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be remiss to not talk about the role that Sienna plays in her overarching story when we're talking about final roles, totally. because I think that that influences the way that we perceive her as a final girl. Mm -hmm. So. And I think uh, her, I don't think that her progression was rushed by any means. It did feel fast, but also art be dropping bodies left and right. You know I'm, what I mean? A hundred percent. And I am glad that that movie was north of, or just south of two and a half hours long because yeah. it would have felt rushed if they had spent any less time on her. Totally. And it took me a while to realize that too, that like this movie really couldn't be a 90 minute movie mm -hmm. because no. like, obviously Terrifier 1 could be because like, there wasn't any plot. <laughs> There's some girls. It's Halloween. They get taken. They get killed. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. But our our top, our ultimate final girl, Sienna Shaw, greatest of all time. Sienna Shaw. Like, thank you for. I mean, and thank you to all of our final girls. Right. Really, like, because we wouldn't have Sienna Shaw without. You know what I mean? Yeah, it so. was like I was talking about earlier. Like my favorite's always going to be Heather Langenkamp mm -hmm. because that's my that's my first final girl. Mm -hmm. Even though in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, you don't really know that she's alive right. until fucking Dream Warriors, mm -hmm. and then a new Nightmare comes out. She was in that too, um, and that's why Dream Warriors is like one of my favorite fucking films. I love Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors that sounds like so hard. It sounds like a video game that you would rent from Blockbuster mm -hmm. for the weekend for five bucks and you would fall in love with it. Like you... the concept of Dream Warriors, right? So have you, uh, are you familiar with the band Dokken? Mm -hmm. So I've heard the name, but I don't know. Their so name. first of all, Stephen Lynch is like one of the best, or not Stephen Lynch, Jesus Christ, George Lynch okay. uh, is one of the greatest guitar players to ever, uh, play pick up the instrument mm -hmm. and they did the soundtrack for it and they have this music video i'm going to show eric when uh we get off of here <laughs> actually because it's so good and it's just like George, like freddie's about to like slash through um i cannot remember it's not barbara crampton but it's the blonde girl that's in uh dream warriors she's about to like slash through her and george lynch just kicks open the fucking wall and just starts shredding and it's so, <laughs> it's so 80s it's so good mm -hmm. um but yeah sorry i i i there's a million final girls and there's so much to talk about i can't believe that we're condensing this episode down to what it is mm -hmm. Or that it's taken us this long to get through this list, but <laughs> that's kind of the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah, when like three of our answers were the same. Right. 
That's my favorite. How you just let me talk about Sydney Prescott. You're like, cool. All right. Number two, Sydney Prescott. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, oh, that's why I didn't want to interrupt you. Cause yeah. I was like, we're going to keep talking. About right. <laughs> He's the plugger. Always be plugging. And speaking of plugging, seriously, if you're not part of our Patreon right now, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And if you're watching this on YouTube, share it, like it, subscribe. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're already, uh, I'm not gonna fucking get into it. If you like us, like us. Do do the things that you would do for someone that you like. Right. <laughs> We're not gonna demand money from anybody, obviously, but there is stuff that you Just will miss. Bomb. Right. There is stuff from our content creation pool that you do miss out on if you're not on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that there's just it's not even fodder. It's not throwaway shit that we didn't feel like making free to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's quality content that we have worked very hard on. And if you feel like supporting us, we appreciate you. And before we get off, uh, one thing I would like to say is part of our new thing we're trying to do when it's just Eric and us is doing our indie spotlight. Yep. Uh, so the spotlight this week we are putting on is Exposure Movie, um, which is about a character who has trauma-induced OCD. Uh, this is written and directed by Peter Cannon. Uh, the trailer for it is available on YouTube. It is also available on their Instagram, which is exposure film or at exposure film, however the fuck you want to say it. But it is, I've only watched the first 15 minutes of it. We got a pre-screener for it and I'm pretty fucking triggered (laughs) as, as someone with trauma induced OCD, it was kind of fucking it was actually really kind of cool. It's yeah. right in the cockpit. Right in the fucking cockpit. Yeah. Not uh, again. It's only been the first fifteen minutes because I haven't had a blast like that since fucking Mother's Milk <laughs> in fucking uh, in the boys because yeah. that shit was hardcore too. Um, but definitely keep your eyes out for that and check out our Instagram at under the floorboards five, which will definitely be posting all of the updates from all of these cool movies that we are talking about. Yeah, man. So. Eric, any final thoughts on the final girl? I think I've said everything that needs to be said. Um, The only thing I will say is that every final girl is a smoke show, Mm -hmm. no matter who you are. And that includes all of our listeners. Yeah. Unless unless you're under the age of 18. I'm not talking about you. Right. Right. (laughs) Also, stop listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck said you could turn on under the floorboards? Go listen to the Gilmore's Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> That's more your speed anyway. Trust me. No, I'm kidding. Thank you guys for joining us another week where we try to get canceled. And thank you guys once again for joining us where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.